Hello, sports fans, and welcome back to the Bikes or Death podcast. My name is Patrick, and I'll be your host today. And on today's episode, we have got Tour Divide second and third place finishers. I am chatting with Manu Catrice and Adrian Leakshti, and I hope that I got their names right. I Asked them to send me audio files to on how to pronounce their names, and I got them on Instagram, but I guess after you listen to them, they expire, and so I couldn't go back and listen to them, so I hope we got them right, guys. But this conversation takes place the day after both of them finished their Tour Divide races in second and third place. I thought it'd be fun to bring these guys on at the same time. There's an interesting connection between them because prior to the race, Adrian's bike, all of his gear was lost in transit and he put a call out to the bike universe to try to source all the stuff he needed and Manu actually came through big time and got Adrian a bike and Adrian almost beat Manu on his own bike. But it does mean that Manu is the first ever Tour Divide finisher to have two bikes in the top three places. So that was a cool tie-in. And again, it is just so much fun to be able to sit down right after someone finishes the Tour Divide and talk to him in the moment. This conversation, again, just like the one with Sofian, takes place at Jeff Sharp's little bike hostel there called the Bike Ranch in Hachita, New Mexico. And I hope you enjoy it. But before we get to today's episode, uh, I'd like to play you a little clip from the latest episode of the Bikes for Death After Party. I was a man on a mission, actually. I was like, especially the first like three or four days when I was like hiking in the snow, I was doing it without any emotions at all. No negative, no positive. I was just like, kind of like a machine, like a robot, just pushing. And just like with this idea that if it's there, if the snow is there and I get to hike it, I'm going to do it. It's, it's just, it was just a matter of, you know, doing the things that needed to be done to, to get that win. That, and, and that was all. Okay, well, that is just a little sneak preview of the latest Bikes for Death After Party episode. If you're not familiar, the After Party is a patron-only podcast. It's a little way for us to say thank you to the people who support our work. And that episode is available now over at patreon.com forward slash Bikes for Death. There is about 20 minutes of audio of Sofian and a group of us just there at the finish line of the Tour Divide chatting. Uh, it's very informal and uh, several people are asking questions and Sofian is is just answering and just chatting with us. And then there's about a 45-minute conversation because after we left the border, I actually got to give Sophie on a ride back to Jeff Sharp's house. It's about a 45-minute drive. I recorded it because I'm a podcaster. That's what I do. And um, I asked Sophie on if I could release it to the patrons, and he said yes. 
Um, and so there's a little over an hour of content from Sofian right after, literally minutes after uh, winning the Tour Divide. Very casual conversations, raw audio, uh, raw everything. Um, but if you're interested in that, that is available now to patrons. If you're not a patron, you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. And with that, let's take a moment to thank our latest batch of patrons. We had quite a few sign up this week, and it is much appreciated. This last trip to cover the Tour Divide, there's a time cost and a financial cost. And those types of trips and this kind of style of podcasting would not be possible without my patrons that support the show. And so without further ado, let's thank the newest group of patrons, starting with Mark Knight. Tom Calm. I think this guy's literally, his name is Tom K-O-M. What a great name for a cyclist. We got Bonnie from Hungary, Alan Hanley, David Crumpton, Al Harbor, Eric Graham, Josh Stair, Yasmin Boki, Dexter Copas, and Chelsea Gay. Wow. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much for the support. Your support makes episodes like this possible. We thank you. You know, the other thing that you've made possible through your support is this past week, Bikes or Death hit number eight on the podcasting charts in the outdoor category, which is huge. I mean, that puts us up with the big dogs like Alex Honnold's Climbing Gold podcast and the Dirt Bag Diaries, which is one I'm a huge fan of. Both of those actually are great podcasts. And so to see my podcast up there with other podcasts like that, that I really admire, I'm sure some of y'all listen to them, um, is huge. But we're a very small operation. I've got a couple of helpers and good things are happening. The reality is that we couldn't do it without our patrons and without our sponsors. And so thank you for supporting the Bikes for Death podcast. It really makes all of the difference. Today's episode is brought to us by my friends over at Ruby Coffee. Something I want you to know about Ruby is that they are huge supporters of enjoying coffee outdoors, whether you're hiking, camping, or cycling. And they have a variety of options for coffee on the go. They have their instant creamery blend and a steeped creamery blend. And now they have an organic steeped August seasonal blend. Their instant creamery is made from brewing coffee that's been dehydrated. So it dissolves in hot and cold water. And their steep features freshly ground coffee in a mesh filter bag, which is then flush sealed into the individual sachet and is brewed by steeping in boiling water like a tea bag. Steeped is perfect for people who want a fresh cup of coffee and have access to boiling water. Ruby launched its steeped offerings with August as their flagship blend, and now August is certified organic as well. Organic steeped August is a bright breakfast blend designed to be easy drinking. All you need to do is open the pack, dunk the filter bag in a mug, add 8 to 10 ounces of hot water, and let it steep for 5 to 10 minutes. Sounds delicious? 
Pick yourself up some over at rubycoffeeroasters.com and don't forget to use the code BIKESORDEATH for 15% off any one-time coffee purchase or the first shipment of any subscription over at rubycoffeeroasters.com. Our episode today is also brought to us by Kuat Racks. You know Kuat, you know that they make the best rack on the market, but Are you ever wanting greater access to your rear door, your tailgate, your hatchback, whatever it is, then look no further than the Kuat Pivot V2. This is a hitch swing accessory. So what does that mean? It means that your rack is going to hook up to the Pivot V2. And when you want to access your trunk or your tailgate or your hatchback, it's going to swing 120 degrees out of your way, taking your bike with it and exposing the glory of the back of your vehicle. Sound good? Of course it does. A couple of things to note, this swing will open to the driver or the passenger side. It's only available for a two inch hitch and it's in stock now, which is pretty amazing because it's been backordered for like a really long time. So if you love your rack, but you want to get it out of the way so you can get to the back of your vehicle, check out the Pivot V2 over at kuat.com. Remember, kuat, because you love your bike. All right, everybody, we did it. We've thanked the thankies and we've paid the bills. And now it is time to get to today's episode. But first, let's have my friend Miles Arbor take it away with the Bikes or Death theme song. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your boss, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. All right, everyone. I am sitting here with uh, Tour Divide number two and number three, Manu and Adrian. Uh, congrats, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks. How are y'all feeling right now? Manu, start with you. It's so, I mean, just for perspective, anyone listening, we're sitting here on the morning after you finish. So you've slept. We ate some pancakes. We ate pancakes with ice cream. I said, y'all <laughs> ate pancakes. Actually, you had, Manu, you had like two bowls of oatmeal, big bowls of oatmeal, yeah, man. then pancakes, ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that was really needed. Uh, yeah, feeling good. Um, glad to be here. And um, yeah, had a lot of food yesterday and, uh, and today as well. So it's uh, stocking up again, I guess, and uh, just recovering and... Uh, had a really good sleep uh, this night, and yeah, I feel a lot better now. So, yeah. Adrian didn't snore too bad. No, not at all, actually. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sofian was a lot worse, I guess. Uh, it was funny the first night I slept with him. I mean, he's he sounded like a grizzly bear, <laughs> but uh, then last night he didn't snore hardly at all. Okay. But he told me he's like, I I only snore when I'm really really tired. And so makes I, sense yeah, yeah but it's kind of weird it's like if you're really tired he sounds like a freaking grizzly but <laughs> last night was fine so we all we all slept good me most importantly <laughs> what about you adrian how you feeling yeah, i feel good today um 
my legs are not swollen, so that's a surprise. Because after every race, I have a swollen leg, and I feel good. What about your uh, toe? One yeah, of your... I think my my nails are dead on my, <laughs> my toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Too much cycling. Yeah, one of his toes is like coming off, and it's gross. Yeah. Good. that's the price you pay yeah that might be the biggest injury that we've seen actually out of the top three i mean uh sofian's knees a little banged up you have like menu you have like no injuries yeah. no no issues just no, no and just then, like had some sore knees uh yesterday afternoon but other than that uh nothing to complain about so yeah pretty lucky yeah it's crazy all y'all got out pretty unscathed yeah overall <laughs> Yeah, maybe because this, this race is, is not a lot of climbing. It's mostly flat and long stretch. Did he yeah. just said uh, not a lot of climbing? <laughs> no, it's only yeah. 45,000 meters on 4,000 kilometers. It's yeah. not a lot. It's it's a lot of like rolling hills indeed. And there's some steep stuff, but not, not all the time. So yeah, you're right. And yeah, so. So where you come from, is there a lot more climbing? Or are you just used to more climbing? Yeah, I did races with more climbing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you prefer that? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I like to travel to to travel more than climbing more. Yeah. 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 So the Tour Divide maybe suits you a little bit better than some other races. Yeah. 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 So let's get um, a little background on both of you, uh, Adrian. Why don't you start? Just where are you from and uh, and what has been like your Tour Divide history leading up to this year's Tour Divide? Yeah, I'm from Switzerland, from Geneva. I'm bike messenger in this city. And um, I'm, I'm a cyclist since 25 years. I did a lot of mountain bike and road races before in the early, in the, the, the late 90s. And after that, I start to to travel more by bike, and um, I did my first uh, bike packing race in 2016. It was in Italy, and uh, my dream uh, was to to race the the Tour, the Tour Divide one one year, and I did it uh, this year. Yeah. Oh, this was your first year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. I'm I'm the first rookie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the first rookie finisher. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Uh, wow, okay. I I forgot that you mentioned that. All right, we'll come back to that. Manu. Yeah, so um I'm from Belgium, uh working as a full-time bike mechanic there. Um and I got into bikepacking by just bike touring actually. Um did like some some nice long distance uh a few eight-month uh, bike trips um, in my 20s. Uh, when I was a kid, I grew up uh, like doing bike tours with my my parents and and sisters. A few like month trips in in Europe. Um, and yeah, doing this uh, eight-month trip with my girlfriend and like crossing all of North America. Um, I heard about this uh, this race going on on this uh, on the Great Divide mountain bike road. Um, so yeah, once I heard about that, we were at that point just, uh, yeah, like touring this route. Um, and I was, it sounded pretty tempting to, to like give this a shot. Uh, so yeah, then two years after that, uh, 
Yeah, I was uh, at the at the start line in in Banff to to race it, but yeah, it was my first ultra event ever. So um, I did cycle a lot at that point, but never done any other events. So um, I really had no clue at that point what was gonna happen, or you know, it's like there's a big difference with between cycling a lot and like getting into an ultra event and giving all you got. So. Um, so yeah, that uh, that time I finished in just under 18 days, which was which was pretty cool. Um, what year was that? Yeah, that was in 2018. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I just felt like you know this race kind of gets into your skin, and you you always want to come back to do better. Um, so yeah, I did a lot of more specific training, like the, especially the last two years. Also got a a lot more experience in in doing other events like. Um, French Divide, Atlas Mountain Race, and, and races like that. So yeah, this time I was a lot better prepared, um, experience-wise, and, and also just physically. Um, yeah, and I, I'm yeah, super happy the way it worked out. Yeah. So. So what did your training look like to get ready specifically for the Tour Divide coming back this year? Because one thing that, that's really important to keep in perspective is people coming from overseas have a lot more logistical challenge, financial challenge, time yeah, constraints, sure. all yeah. of these things. So for y'all to make the commitment to come here, you want to get it right, right? You want to put in the work and... Yeah, yeah, it's not if you, if you scratch, it's, uh, you know, it always has a big, uh, a bit more of, um, um, you see this, uh, consequences, right? So... Like you say, you want to do it right, and uh, so yeah, my training. Um, I started working with a training coach, uh, Rose, um, since like a year and a half now, I think. And it's yeah, I've been doing like quite a bit of structured training just to get like uh, the most quality out of training while having a busy life, you know, um, having a full-time job and two kids and 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 all that. So. Um, and your wife also does these types yeah. of events, and so one neat thing about y'all is y'all are always like trading off on. Yeah. So next she's next it's her turn, and she's doing Atlas or Silk Road Atlas, right? Yeah, Atlas, Atlas. Memories, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the training, you think the training helped? Did they train you specifically for the Tour Divide? Did yeah, your coach, yeah, that was like my main goal for yeah. this year. So is your coach familiar with the Tour Divide? Uh, she is now, but she wasn't before. She she has a, she's actually like a retired uh, road racer. Um, so for her, it was also quite a bit of a, like sort of a challenge to like train someone for ultra events it's it's a completely di different thing you know so compared to like training someone who's just yeah who's training for criterium races or something like that it's right. it's a whole different kind of training and and um but yeah in the end it just comes down to yeah getting getting better on the bike and and spend more time on, on like more hours on the bicycle and and um train like more specific for like the long climbs and 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 that stuff and just uh yeah yep. right on so adrian how how did you prepare and train for tour divide especially considering you've never been here before this was your first time and you had an excellent result so obviously worked out i don't train at all because uh, i'm bike messenger i ride uh, 100 to 150k each day 10 hour on the saddle so um 
no, I, I don't need to, to train. I just ride my bike every day and prepare good bicycle for, for the race and that's it. Yeah, but what about like logistical stuff and uh, did you have a strategy coming in for when you were going to sleep or anything or was your strategy no. just to push it? No, just for this race, I didn't check the, the route at, at all. <laughs> I, just, I, I just took 36 hours of food on me. Okay. And yeah, that's it. So your strategy was always have 36 hours of food or yeah. every time you resupplied, yeah. you'd say, okay, I just need 36 hours of food. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's always it's it's always good to have some extra, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, some yeah. stretches are pretty long, and anything can happen. Like when when we got stuck a few times in in this peanut butter mud. Yeah, yeah. Before you know, you're you're losing like ten hours or so, and then right. it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's really easy to like think you oh I will be there in like five hours and before you know you're it takes you a day longer <laughs> so yeah, yeah if you uh, trust your bike and you have enough food yeah you can just keep going good. and yeah as long as you have food food, uh, food and water it's uh, there's no no problem actually <laughs> that's about it so uh, did you learn anything doing it this year that you would do different different nah, if yeah. you came back to do it. I, I took a lot of, of notes yeah. this year. Um, for example, on the mental the, notes or actual notes? Actual notes. Really? Yeah, on my phone. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I, I pinned some uh, some shelters, some toilets, some um, some shops. The the opening hour. Sometimes it's yeah. not necessary to arrive at a f at six in the morning in the front of the shop, and the shop open at nine. So. Yeah. So yeah, I I took a, a lot of notes. Yeah. So you're planning on coming back? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any inclination of when you might come back? I mean, yeah, I want to 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 do one day less. I think it's possible. But will you we, come back next year? No, maybe maybe not. Maybe not next next year. <laughs> In two years. Usually yeah. it takes two years yeah, for yeah. people. <laughs> Especially if I think you're coming from overseas. I mean, yeah. it's just uh, so much more of a financial burden and everything mm -hmm. else. To yeah, I mean, it's also crazy. You know. We watch the Tour Divide every year, and we know that the Tour Divide finishes like in the middle of nowhere. But until you're actually out here, you realize how remote it is. And now we're sitting in Jeff's house, and you see kind of the chaos behind the scenes of like, how do we get you guys back to Belgium and Switzerland? Yeah. Yeah, Switzerland. Yeah. It's like there's two train stations, one in Tucson, one's in El Paso. So you have a few-hour drive just to get there. But you have to have someone to get you there and y'all don't have friends in town or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, not to imagine like if, if Jeff wouldn't be here, <laughs> you would just end up uh, at the border and you would, <laughs> you would have to ride back uh, 65 miles to the first town and or is it 45 miles. And then I think it's 65. And then you probably would have to like hitchhike or something to Lordsburg and then get a bus from there. It would be like a whole different situation. And, now, yeah, we get picked up by Jeff or I got picked up by you and and yeah, there's like a safe, uh, a safe haven, you know, it's like uh, you get a place to recover a few days and then uh, and you're, you're good to get home again. So, yeah, this has been neat for me because I got to I got to um, give first, second and third place all rides from the finish line to Jeff's house, which is about 45 minutes. 
I don't know. I mean, other than Jeff, I don't know how many people have got to do that and just like hang out with, you know, tour divide winners. Y'all are winners. Everybody else is losers. (laughs) According to Jeff. (laughs) Yeah. This, I mean, this place is like pretty, pretty amazing. I I don't, I don't know how I haven't heard more about this. You know, you always hear about the race, but you never really think about the logistics that go into, um, getting you back home and just, And it, the other thing that was surprised me is when Sofian finished, there was like eight or 10 people. It's like a decent little crowd, but not like a lot of people. When y'all finished, there was nobody. Nope. There was me. Yep. That's it. Like, I was just like, if I wasn't here, y'all would just be finishing. And yeah, it's, it's, it's so on, on the other side, it's, uh, it's really special as well. Like last time I finished there at four or five in the morning and, and it was just me and you, you sort of get the time to, yeah, let it sink in and what you just, uh, achieved and, and, but of course, yeah, then there's, uh, the point of getting out of there, you know, and then it's really nice if you're being picked up and, and get to a place like this and, and rest. So, um, yeah, it's it's special. Uh, do you do you prefer finishing with somebody there or by yourself? I guess both are nice, but like a race this long and it it's just like a part of it. I guess um, it's always nice to have like some friends or family when you're at a finish line. Um, like when I did the French divide, my my parents and girlfriend were waiting at me at the finish, which was really nice. But um, yeah, this one has something extra as well. It's it's nice. Yeah, it is how it is. Uh, so Adrian, in uh, other races over in Europe and other places, y'all race. Are there typically people at the finish line, or is it is it pretty rare to have finished to like no, or pretty common to finish to nobody? Depend of the race. But for example, the the Hope One Thousand, you finish at the Freddie Mercury statue, right? And uh, you are alone. <laughs> with only with tourists around <laughs> i guess the advantage there is you are in a town and there's yeah. resources so yeah, yeah. it's not quite as extreme yeah uh, f- f- another example is the north cap 4000 you finish at the north cap in the middle of uh, at the end of the world so you are you're alone and you have to come back home too so if you don't have a ride, you just ride your yeah. bike backwards. Yeah, you have to ride to the next city. <laughs> I still haven't decided if this is stupid or awesome, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like you could just finish it in one of these towns, like in <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dimming or, you know, Lordsburg. It's like right there. It's like, no, fuck you. You got to drive, ride the extra like 60, whatever miles it is to the border. Straight And roads. then ride back. And if Jeff wasn't here driving 45 minutes many times a day jeff isn't here right now because he went to go pick up two more riders uh i've been picking up riders and it's it's fun but um it's just it's funny to think about the people who first made this route you know and they're like this is a good idea especially because it was designed as a touring route right yeah yeah. it it wasn't designed for racers it's just for people who are touring they're going to get to the finish like this is it yeah and then you just turn around and ride back like that's crazy I love it though. I love it. Yeah. It's yeah, good. It's, yeah, it's but it is kind of silly. <laughs> All right. So y'all's actually well, yeah, kind of both of you, but Adrian, mostly you, your adventure started before the race ever even started. So um, this is kind of a neat storyline with how it all turned out and both of y'all sitting at the table right now. But uh, probably a lot of listeners may have seen on 
Facebook, I think it was out on Instagram too, where one of the uh, Tour Divide racers, their bike, their gear, everything got lost in transit and that racer was you. And you are now sitting at the table with me having completed in third place. So what happened? Yeah, we, we went with Sofian eight days before the, the start in Calgary. But uh, my company lost my bike box with my bicycle, all my gear. And uh, we stay in Calgary six days and they didn't find my, my bike and everything. So I was only with my two GPS, uh, my cycling shoes um, and uh, all my, my uh, electrical stuff. So I was a little bit stressed about, that, about this. And uh, finally, the Monday before the race, I, I made three stories on Instagram. So uh, people uh, helped me. I need a, a bicycle, clothes, uh, everything for the start of the, the race in, in five, five days. Yeah. And um, after that, uh, a lot of people text me and, and Manu uh, say to me, ah, I, have, I have my, my old or my, my, my salsa culture in large size. If you want it, uh, I, can, I can take it with me. I arrive um, tomorrow in, in Calgary. So yeah, basically what oh, happened. Oh, I didn't realize that. So you were still in Belgium. Yeah. I, and you answered I, the call and you brought the bike with you. I saw this message like the evening before my flight at six in the evening. Um, so yeah, I saw the message and uh, yeah, because I was in the same boat in 2018, my bike got lost as well. Well, it wasn't really lost. It just went, got on the wrong flight all the way to to the south of, uh, of the States. I think it was uh, somewhere yeah, in Texas or so. Um, so yeah, I know what he was going through and it's like a pretty stressy situation. You put all this time and effort and money in this and then you end up here and there's no bike or, and no stuff. Um, so, yeah, my bike at that point was still like just a frame set and, and um, yeah, I looked at my girlfriend and was like, yeah, I should just, you know, go for it. And, and I've been racing with Adrian a few times, so I, I just know he's a, like a good rider. And, and I know he's he's one of the guys like pushing the sport really hard. So, yeah, I, I was just having a hard time, you know, thinking that he couldn't race, you know. So and I knew he was he was going to be like really racing with me. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was just a good, a nice a nice uh, idea of, of the fact that I just could like give him my bike and that he would be able to ride, you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, also it's just like we're in a really nice community and, and doing stuff like this is, is only like helping the, the whole, the whole thing, you know? So it's yeah, uh, a great example. You yeah. Know? You have race leader helping another race leader yeah. possibly beat you on your own bike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was, it was almost happening, I guess. Uh, yeah. He was really chasing me the whole the whole time, so it was actually really nice that it worked out this way. So yeah, um, I, I saw his message at six in the evening, um, and yeah, I started calling my my boss and and you know people to help out to get parts and and 
Uh, lucky I work in a bike shop. Uh, so yeah, my girlfriend went to get some parts there, like a new chain, cassette, uh, tires, and, and everything I needed. Because um, at, at that point, like I said, it was just a frame set. So I still had to like build up the bike. And yeah, True Divide is not not just like a thousand kilometer race, you know, it's, it, the bike needs to be good and, and, and it's it's not the first best thing. You just put a bike in a box and whatever. So it, it, it has to be good because you don't want to get stranded after like 500 kilometers with a shitty bike, you know, so. Uh, and plus so you yeah, might feel a little guilty if you, uh, <laughs> you know, gave him like a shitty bike, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 as well. Wouldn't I mean, feel good. You want to give him a good, yeah, yeah you want to give him a good something bike. Something that's at least good enough to get the job done and, and I guess in the end, I mean, even with a brand new bike, is, stuff can happen. You never know, but uh, it has to be like uh, be a certain standard of of like what the bed, what the bike would be capable of. So yeah, I started building up the bike, um, and I think I got in in Amsterdam at one thirty at night. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had two bikes, so that, that was the only thing that mattered at that point. So that was like uh, seven and a half hours later? Then I actually planned, yeah, sort of. <laughs> well, yeah, because you got as much as at six, and you said seven and a half hours later at 1.30. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. You've got the bike, yeah. it's built, or did you just throw all the parts in a box? No, no, yeah, I mean, I put new tires on, on the wheel set, I put on a cassette, uh the only thing that still had to happen was uh, putting on the derailleur, but I put the cables already there, so it was just like mounting it and 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 like uh, setting it all up. Um, I uh, put like new brake pads in there, uh, a new bottom bracket, check the bearings and the headset, you know those stuff. Um, and then yeah, putting putting it in the box and then. Give him like some extra bags as well, like a saddlebag and a frame bag and some food pouches, aero bars, um, got some new pedals on there, uh, installed uh, the tires, tubeless. Um, and actually at that point, um, something, I don't know, went wrong in my booking, my like my own booking for the flight. Um, so because I texted the, the flight company uh, to ask if I could take like a second bike, they told me like, oh, there's not even one bike registered on, on your ticket. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> they said, yeah, you, sh you should have done this 72 hours ago. So actually, I didn't know like until the time I was checking in my stuff uh, on, the, on the airport if I could like even take my own bike. And I was there with two boxes, you know, and so it was all a bit stressy, yeah. <laughs> For sure, but uh, you made yeah. It. In the end, I mean, they even made me like only pay for one bike box because I didn't have any other luggage. So <laughs> it was really cool how it turned out. So I get two bikes on the plane for the price of one. And uh, Adrian was uh, waiting at me at the airport, um, and then yeah, I took a bike to his hotel and, and started uh, like putting it together and having a test ride on it and. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, endless respect for, I mean, just being able to get a bike. I mean, he was obviously going to ride uh, the same bike, um, the Salsa Cutthroat from himself. But uh, yeah, mine mine was uh, built up with a flat bar because my uh, draw bar, like the the brakes and everything really needed some, some good service and they were not up to riding the 
through the fight so i just uh had more confidence in in like the yeah just uh, as alex uh, shimano breaks on the flat bar with a 12 speed uh derailleur um so and it was an advantage for me to to ride a flat bar for sure yeah on uh, this track i i started riding my salsa in the past as well with the with the flat bar and actually i liked it uh, a lot more just more confident and and less strenuous on the on the hands as well and just a lot more stable and just gives you a lot more speed on the downhills as well so yeah it seems, i mean all three of y'all are on flat bars yeah. uh with with aero bars so yeah. and that seems to be the the especially, most common uh tour divide rig especially the only on this track yeah it's just uh it's either um like long stretches just straight forward and that's when you're in the drop bar and in the aero bars and if you're climbing or if you're going downhill, it's it's just nice to have flat bars, I guess. And the uh, only difference I noticed was uh, rigid versus suspension. Yeah. So you were running suspension, yeah. front suspension, and you you were a rigid front fork. Yeah. Yeah. So how did uh, Adrian? How did I mean you piecemealed? It sounds like you got the bike on Wednesday, right? Uh, and race starts Friday morning. No. I, yeah, I, I arrived there on Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. afternoon. Yeah, I finished yeah. the build on Tuesday evening. Find some um, some pulley for the derailleur. It was not easy to find this. Yeah, right. And yeah. Um, on Wednesday, we rode with Sofian, Zoe, and Andrea and Alan from Calgary to Wednesday. Yeah, to 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 Banff. My bike. Just right. How, yeah, how far? Yeah, we rode 140k. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good shakedown, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how did how did everything work? I mean, you scrambled. It, it's not just the bike; it's everything. You got to have a lot of the yeah, clothes. Yeah. You you borrowed everything. The bibs you were wearing were different. The saddle, everything was different. So how did how did it all work out? I mean, obviously you came in third, but <laughs> yeah, I made a, a, a left a little. Uh, how would you say this? Um, Adjustments? Adjustment during the ride, this ride. And it was okay. It was okay. Just, so you ride 100. It's just a bike. Yeah. It's just a bike, yeah. It's a bike and well, yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I guess if you know what you need. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just have to. The, the crazy part is getting it all. Luckily, it was the same frame. You had a salsa cutthroat, so you kind of probably knew where you are going to put things in a frame bag. And yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was just a matter of sourcing everything. But once you had it. You might make some a minor adjustment, but even I mean, I think a lot of racers will. Uh, if you're riding this long, you might change your saddle height or make little adjustments. I know some racers do that. I don't know if y'all ever do that. Uh, I didn't. Uh, everything was no. yeah, just like like perfectly how it sh should have been, uh, and that's yeah, that's one thing. I mean, doing a, a, a race this long, uh, like all the little details. You want everything to be like on point and and when you got a bike you're not used to and i i mean the bike is one thing but also like all the other gear uh, if if i'm not mistaken you didn't even have like a, a good rain jacket and stuff like that no, or no. A rain pen. And, I, I, and i bought the, the the cheapest one in in banff it was a plastic <laughs> rain jacket with a, a scratch in the front <laughs> I, I destroyed the this jacket yeah the, the bike is one thing but just Having to do this uh, ride with, with without the stuff you're used to, it's yeah. that's a different thing, man. It's uh, I think it, it's uh, yeah. It speaks to his hardcore. like <laughs> mental fortitude, yeah. you know, because like, mo most of us are gonna be freaking out. We're so on 
on the morning of Tour Divide, on Friday morning, were you nervous? Were you like concerned? I mean, you have all this probably anxiety and stuff trying to get everything ready or were you, did you calm down? About my bike and my stuff. Yeah, all this. No, no, I, yeah. I, I was happy to ride. You were feeling good? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was really happy to I get that because you went ride. from like, oh, fuck, I came all this way. My shit's gone. I'm not riding. And now all of a sudden you are riding. So what's there to be sad about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and in the end, there's always places you go through in case if you need some extra stuff, you yeah. can always buy it, you know? Right. But still, I mean... If you really you're really like, like oh, racing, that. you don't want to get into this, and you know because then you have to go to shops and you just lose time. And, and um, but yeah, it worked out really good. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So we have a couple of records this year. Um, one record is that Manu, you're the first person to have two bikes on the podium in one year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it literally has Manu's name on the frame that Adrian was riding, which I thought was funny. Yeah, yeah. And you put on your uh, track leaders that you you were a sponsored rider by Manu, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he almost beat me. <laughs> I know. So uh, were you all competitive with each other? I mean, this was a pretty close race, especially up until probably halfway mark or a little bit past. There wasn't a lot of separation. Who were your biggest competitors <clears throat> when you were out there? Who were you chasing? Whoever wants to start. Who were you chasing? Who were you trying to not get caught by? Um... Well, I was feeling pretty strong from the beginning. Um, like uh, from the first day, I was riding together with Ben and Sofian and uh, Josh. So I think the first uh, three, four days, I was uh, like more racing with uh, with Josh. And then we ended up uh, riding together for a bit more than a day, which was really cool. Um, had some pretty tough moments there, which were really nice to like sort of shared them with Josh um, and then um, yeah Josh didn't really feel very good he had a, like a chest infection from the beginning so he ended up uh, scratching at Lava Mountain Lodge just before Union Pass I guess um, yeah and I think from that moment uh, so that's when uh, Sofian and Nate were still uh, in the lead um, and then a little later, I got into the second position uh, once Nate uh, scratched in Pinedale. And I think from out there, it was, yeah, Sofian was way ahead, like usually between 80 and 100 miles in front of me. So I think from that moment, it was pretty much between me and Adrian all the time. Like uh, sometimes I had a really nice gap and then all of a sudden he was getting pretty close again. So um yeah i had a really good time racing with him uh sometimes Did, uh, it was getting pretty exciting and then like the last night um i overslept in Pytown, so the day before i had like a 50 mile almost gap i think and i i overslept i didn't hear my alarm i was dreaming that i was already on my bike so nothing <laughs> nothing was going on it was really weird <laughs> And then I uh, I woke up and uh, I saw he was about to like cruise in town. He was like five or ten miles out of Pie Town. Yeah, and I was like, I, I put all my stuff ready to go uh, the evening before, uh, like a few hours before. I only slept like four hours or so. I, I was planning to sleep two hours and then uh, try to make it all the way to the finish. Um, so yeah, I just woke up and I got on my bike and. I was so pissed off at myself <laughs> and I started riding as hard as I could 
because uh yeah i knew he was he was going fast as well and racing really hard um so yeah and then um once in glenwood i uh so i messed up something with the gpx file and uh, i got off route for like 10 15 miles and yeah luckily i had a first time that day i had some phone reception i checked at the tracking and that's when i saw i was off road uh yeah i couldn't believe it because my boat gps devices were telling me i was i had to stay on the highway but apparently there was like another gravel section before going to into silver city so yeah i lost two hours there so uh yeah adrian was getting closer again so it, it was always like this bit of a yo-yo between the two of us which was uh really nice and then yeah, on this gravel section before Silver City, I got hit by a monsoon, uh, like a lot of rain came down there and this whole trek became like a mud fest in, in no time. Took hours to get through there and uh, yeah, as well for Adrian, of course, he spent the night there in the middle of the mud pit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and then I uh, slept a few hours in uh, Silver City in a, in a motel and then... Uh, and came all the way to the finish, yeah. So <clears throat> did you ever pass Manu? Never. You always... I think we, we saw each other on day two uh, or yeah, so, yeah. Or, or end of day one. Yeah, uh, end of day one in the in this climb, yeah, after the, the, uh, the wall. After the, yeah, 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 the um, Coco Claims, yeah. So who were you? who were you racing most of the race? Were uh, you always chasing Manu or were there other... No, I, I was racing against me, I think, because yeah. I don't like to to look a lot at the, the tracker. And I was not in good shape. My leg was not uh, very good since the beginning of the race. And um, yeah, I rode alone until the day, I don't, I don't remember exactly, when uh, Ben and AB catch me just before the, the Grand Teton in this uh, petrol station and then we rode two or three days together but uh, Ben and AB are, are too too strong for me uh, they step a lot but they, they ride fast and it was so hard for me so uh, the last night um, we slept together and I left at 3, 3.15 in the morning, and they left at, at 4. Was that at a detour there? No, it was, it was after the, the bassin. Uh, we slept in the, in the museum, in the front of the museum. Oh, yeah, 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 right, episode. yeah. And um, I forgot about the name of this place, but yeah, after the basin. When the, after the, a, a long downhill. Yeah. Yeah, we slept just, there. Just before Brush Mountain Lodge. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. 20, slept... 29 kilometers before Savory, Brush. Savory, right? In yeah. Savory, yes. You slept in a museum? No, it was uh, in the front of the museum. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, under the awning or yeah, something yeah. like that? Yeah. They, they left some, some food and water. In the, oh, they did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So it was a... It, it was a good place to camp. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they were expecting. Yeah, right yeah. There. Just after the rain, yeah. See, that's one of the things you wouldn't know unless you ride it. You make a note. You're like, okay, they're they're gonna probably be there next year. But you yeah, wouldn't know that going there. into These it. These people give like uh, they have like some food and and drinks uh, ready for mm. people coming through. Yeah, you can buy some stuff there, and uh, yeah, they only do this for like people who are racing uh, and touring as well, I guess. Uh, 
because when I got there, it was early in the morning and it, it was on, on a Sunday, I, I think seven or eight in the morning and there was no one there. So I was kind of, uh, yeah, because I was running out of food there and it's still like a long stretch before you get to uh, Steamboat Springs. But uh, yeah, then of course uh, there was this, uh, yeah, there's still Brush Mountain Lodge and I knew Kirsten wasn't going to be around uh, this year. Uh, the lodge is, is closed this season, but uh, yeah, she's so nice. She still put like some food and stuff out there. So um, yeah, some some drinks and a good rest there. And uh, there were like some pastas you can put in a microwave. And so yeah, it was good to go again. And at an hour stop there, I think, and uh, and um, got over the pass into Steamboat Springs. And then yeah, there's a lot of uh, shops and stuff. So. So Adrian, was it always your uh, goal to just race yourself and and not focus on what everybody else was doing? Uh, at the beginning of the race, yes, but after I um, I left Ben and AB, and I I came closer to to uh, to Manu. I I think this day I I I took something like forty miles to you. The, the day uh, from Brush Mountain Lodge because I, I rode at my pace without stopping and it was easier for me to ride at my pace. I'm slow, but I, I don't stop. And I rode uh, something like 26 hours without stopping, stopping a lot. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, were you chasing Manu? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> after, you, after that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Were you old, wanting to... Yeah, uh, you, you have always to look in front of you, not yeah. in the back. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, at that point, you're like, okay, I got a shot. I can yeah, take yeah. second. And I can beat him on his own bike. Yeah, so why not? <laughs> why not? Would you enjoy that? No, Andre, no, it was, it was, no, the, the goal was to, f to finish this race because it's long. Yeah. <laughs> it would have made this, this whole like bike story even better, you know? Like. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty good. It, I don't know. It, I feel like it, maybe it worked the way it should because like karma wise, yeah. should he beat you on your own bike? <laughs> maybe karma dictates yeah. he doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't make the rules, but it, it is a cool story, man. It, it, it's a cool story for the community, an example of how this community is. You can help each other. Yeah, I guess We're, there's no other community where stuff like this would happen, you know? Everyone. And what if Sofian say, you know, you're not going to get pro Peloton racers making pancakes the morning after <laughs> for your, your <laughs> for competitor, you know? Yeah, that's that's a whole nice thing in, 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 in this community, I guess. And No, it's a great story. And in this race specifically, because it's it's it also like... The way this race finishes is, uh, yeah, there's there's only this place, so you end up being together anyhow, um, which is really cool to like share stories after after this whole thing. And um, because otherwise, you know, if you end up in a town, everyone gets his own hotel or or gets a ride out or gets family picking them up, and you got separated from each other right away. And and out here we we at least get some get to spend some time together which is really cool yeah <clears throat> no it's really cool i mean we do this at my east texas showdown the race that i host and there's always a party afterwards a big gathering and i mean there's like 100 people there and 
and everybody's telling their stories and people are learning from each other. And, you know, it's just a great, great thing. And how there's not as, you know, you go home, I don't know what your social circles are like, but not everyone is going to be able to relate to the experience you just had the way the people in this room can relate to it, you know, Uh, on this year, these conditions, I mean, this, this is the only time that you can, you can really share those stories and, and that camaraderie and, it's cool, man. True. I love this sport. I love the sport. I love how it all worked out. You you were generous. You helped. I mean, the community, you helped them. Other people helped with other gear that you got. Um, and then you were able to fucking do it and come in third. So it turned out to be a great, great story. But it would have been funny if he beat you on your own bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't let that happen. <laughs> all right. So let's talk uh, highs and lows. Uh, what was, What's the best part of the route? What was your favorite experience and what was what was the worst? Um, I guess highs and lows are there all the time. And it fluctuates like continuously. You're going from one low to another high and then... It's this race is all about getting uh, through the low points, I guess. Um, and I think uh, for myself, like my let's, let's say darkest moment would have been after Sergeants. I was really tired there, and um, yeah, it's like this really kind of boring stretch, um, a little bit like desert-looking area with with. There's just not much to see, and it's like the the entire day before you get into Salida. It's uh, yeah, it was just uh, mentally a really tough day, and I was so tired, and I was just falling asleep all the time. I didn't have any power in my legs. I think uh, I I took like two or three 15 minute power naps uh, on that trail, and there was just such a heavy headwind, and everything was just yeah working against me, I guess, and but. That's what this race is all about, and, and also other races, of course. It just you have to just get it in your head that everyone has to face like the same or at least similar conditions, and you're not doing this alone in the end. And um, one day you're 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 having a a bad time or a hard time, and then you know the other guys will have a hard uh, hard time at another point. So. You just have to keep moving. Actually, just even if you're going super slow or if you're even walking, you just gotta gotta make progress, and that's that's also already a big thing. Just don't stop, and or at least uh, stop as as little as as possible. And uh, yeah, that was for sure. And in, in, in that area, my my lowest point, I guess. Uh, and actually I had a a lot more like really nice, uh, nice times, uh, than, than low, low times. So, um, it's hard to think of one that really pops out actually. Uh, Not a state or anything that you like the most? Um, yeah, I really like Montana a lot because it's, yeah, the, the terrain and it's just, uh, there's more like difference uh, in the terrain um, compared to like New Mexico or Colorado. I mean, every state has its nice things, I guess. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It probably has still has to sink in a little bit, and and maybe in a few days I might like remember the, like certain moments as I yeah I really pop out what, in, in yeah a, what stands out to yeah. You. But it's uh, good to hear. I mean. It was a good experience, you know. You yeah, had a lot per- more highs than lows. Yeah, sure. That's great. I mean, 
Um, and I, yeah, I'm just really happy the way the race went. And I took, like, the decisions I made were all, like, made the way that they should have been made. And uh, I I kept, like, a really good focus in dur I, during the whole race, so which which is really nice. And I just, yeah, felt ready for it. And, um, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot, actually. Um even making it to the finish line, I was still like feeling pretty fresh and it just, yeah, worked out really well. Um, yeah, that's worth noting. <clears throat> uh, since I picked up all three of y'all, I, I have some perspective on this and Manu was definitely the, I think he finished the freshest. <laughs> he was like, I'm fine. I feel great. I'm like, nothing hurts. No, nothing hurts. I just yeah. Yesterday I was thinking maybe it's still like sort of the adrenaline or you know just yeah <laughs> finishing and then you know the good feeling of of uh, finishing in second, which for me was like more than I could have dreamed of really. Um, but yeah, I mean even today I had a good sleep last night and I, I feel really good, like a lot better than than when I finished in 2018 actually. So. Should have raced harder, I guess. I think I think you could have gone harder. <laughs> Damn, I gotta I gotta come back. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Adrian? Highs <laughs> highs and lows. Um, the the lowest point was um, the peanut butter mud when I took the the original routes because in the middle of the race um, it was raining a lot in the, um, in this section and. The organizer uh, decided to to reroute the the rider, but uh, he texted me, and I didn't get the um, the message because I was offline. It was impossible to to check my message, mm. so I took the route uh, in this peanut butter mud, and I walked I think six or seven hours with my bike on my back. Uh, it was horrible, and uh, and you have to carry it on your back because if you don't, your bike's just going to accumulate mud and be heavier, right? So even the um, the, the clearance of the the, the cutthroat fork uh, was not enough big. Yeah, even even it if you have horrible. like a meter clearance, it would, I mean, it just keeps clogging up yeah, and gets yeah. more and more, and there's just there's only one way, and just lifting your bike on your back or whatever and just walk it and then then there's your shoes i mean every foot starts weighing 20 pounds i guess of mud uh, it's it's horrible man and yeah i was so i i got into the section first um sofian already passed it in dry conditions uh i saw the rain coming and i, I tried to like ride as fast as i could um but yeah, it ended up raining, and after ten minutes, it was uh, it was like impossible to to ride there. Um, but I was like just at a point where, yeah, um, I was like, yeah, there's no way in continuing here. So I I got back on track for like uh, a mile and a half walking with my bike on my back. Um, to get back on the pavement and there I saw on the maps there was like an RV park so I just decided to go out there and, and just yeah think about how getting through this and so I ended up calling Matthew to tell him yeah like dude this is this, this is just impossible to get through so um, yeah he uh, we were talking about it and he, he sent me like the way I, I could like make a detour 
And I, yeah, at where I was at the RV, RV park, I wanted to let uh, Adrian know because at that point he was he was still um, just before like uh, the the mud section, but I, I couldn't reach him or anything. So I knew he was going to be fucked, you know. <laughs> so I, I knew in which mess he was going to get into, but yeah, there was no way on getting a hold of him. So yeah, uh, so I had to go back the whole way where I came, where I actually started that morning on the pavement. Um, so yeah, that was mentally also like a pretty like deep moment, like going back where you come from. <laughs> so <laughs> Sofian got through it yeah. and then it hit while you were in it. Yeah. You were the one that called Matthew Lee. Yeah. Matthew Lee did a reroute, but you didn't find out about it. And you try to reach him, Matthew Lee tried to reach you. Your At least phone. not soon enough, yeah. yeah. And so, so do you went through that whole section? No, the, um, one third. Yeah, I, I made the, the tour of the, um, the lake. Yeah. And I, and I walk inside the lake to, to not be on the trail <laughs> with my bike on, on my back. <laughs> and after that, uh, <laughs> finally, I, I call... I call the organizer and he said, ah, you have to, to make a detour. Uh, and... Oh yeah, yeah, so you call yeah. him as well. Yeah, yeah, ah, okay. to to scratch. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> that is definitely uh, your low moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so shit. you call him to scratch, and what yeah, happens? Yeah. I said, no, 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 no. You have to. You didn't get my my message. You have to to make the the detour, and after that, I'm I made another detour, and I was in uh, fifth or sixth position. So I lost, I think, six, seven hours or more. I don't know. Yeah, because the guys behind Ben and Ape... Uh, yeah, they yeah. all took the they, reroute. Yeah, they were just like... They could keep going on the pavement uh, straight away. So, we, yeah, we lost a lot of time there. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty frustrating, you know, because you put in a lot of work to get where you are and in, in the spot you are. And, and then in no time, you're just losing uh, seven hours or more and, and just like a, like a mile section. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, getting this figured out about the reroute and everything that was uh, a bit stressful, but it's a part of this game, I guess. And you just have yeah. to face it and reset yourself. You're like, okay, this happened. It's not the end of the world. You just got to keep going. It's still like, I don't know, a thousand miles or whatever. So anything can happen anyway. And you just uh, don't have to panic and... And keep going. So yeah, once once back on the pavement doing this reroute, everything started going better again. And uh, yeah, we knew there was more coming because uh, there was a lot of uh, monsoons here, and and was, uh, we were sure there wasn't going to be the first and last section with, with like a lot of the interesting <laughs> interesting thing. Adrian is I picked you up yesterday. Um, we haven't talked about this yet, but you. you so I picked up Manu and there was a big storm coming. Like, so Manu missed the storm, but you still had 30 miles, 35 miles, and you got caught up in the storm. And it was, I mean, it was, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 mile an hour winds, really hard rain. Uh, and you said there was tornadoes and lightning and you were out in it. The funny thing is when I picked you up, I'm like, were you scared? You're like, no, I like bad weather. But like that didn't scare you but the mud almost made you scratch. Like most people would have scratched at lightning and tornadoes. <laughs> They'd be like, you know what? This is fucking me out of here. Yeah, lightning and tornadoes. It's, it's only the, the weather. It can change after one hour or two. But the mud is the mud. If you are in a, 
a mud pit with peanut butter mud, you can walk during three days, I don't know, yeah. without water, without food. So you, you have to scratch, I don't you know. You were just stuck. Yeah. yeah. So was it hard to mentally pull yourself out from... Because in your mind, you said, okay, I'm going to scratch, I'm done. Was it hard to like mentally change that into, no, I'm still racing? Yeah. And I, yeah. I guess at that point, it was a good thing you, you were together with Ben and Abe for a while, right? After that moment? Uh, it was before the mud. Before he was with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought you uh, you um, slept with them on the campground after, uh, like, on this on this detour, no? No, no, no. It was before. It was in Wyoming. We, oh, we, we okay. crossed the, the, the Wyoming basin. I, I thought uh, Ben and Abe catched up on you because of you lost so much time there. Uh, yeah, they, they catch me, but... Uh, oh, yes, yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, did they pass you and then you passed them? Yeah, I passed them directly at night. I, I didn't sleep a lot and... Uh, like, oh, okay. yeah that's when you made your move yeah i made my i made my move directly the, the, the same day yeah 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 that's rough man so yeah, that's, that's like <laughs> getting beaten down all the way and then being able to just crush it again that's really that's impressive man. i talked to uh, i did an episode with jacob lose who got second in doom which is in arkansas on a single speed um but he quit on route like he 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 called the race organizer Hey, I'm scratching. And race sergeant and I was like, are you sure, sure? And somehow he decided to stay in. And he went from scratching to coming in second place. It's like, man, if I would have scratched, I would have sucked, you know? Yeah. But it teaches, it te like, my perspective on that is uh, you're not always done. I mean, you did get a reroute, so that helped. But uh, mentally to, like, come back and, and get back in it. Yeah, finishes at the finish line, you know, it's yeah. anything can happen until you're actually there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even just 20 miles before the finish, any still something can happen. You can get a mechanical and lose a lot of time in it and That's why I guess uh, I mean, it keeps it stays exciting the whole yeah. time until you get there actually. So. Even as a dot watcher, man, like I was trying to time it to come here at the end of the race and I'm watching everything and but I mean there's no guarantees that Sofian's gonna win or or anything. I mean yeah, no. you could break something, you could crash, have a crazy mechanical, crazy weather. I mean, anything could happen. Yep. So it's just a, a crapshoot. So you guys are both very um experienced racers. You've ridden uh all over. How how hard is the tour divide um compared to other stuff you've done? um i would say the hardest part of this race is just the length yeah uh the length for sure and yeah i mean this year we had a lot of extra challenges i think compared to other years before um like weather wise uh it was really cold like entire montana and some parts of wyoming it was like all day around freezing and it just took a lot of extra energy just to to stay warm and, and, and motivated. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of rain and this, this, all these peanut butter sections and, um, yeah, it took something extra. I think, uh, a lot of people who were watching the race realized that, uh, things didn't come for free this, uh, this edition. <laughs> um, so and mostly the, the, wind. the wind was hard. Yeah, the, the, wind, the wind was. The wind. There was a lot of headwinds as days well. Days and yeah. days of wind. The, yeah, it started with snow, basin, and then in yeah. the basin, the wind picked up, and then you had 
mud. Uh, and then, yeah, just inclement weather throughout. And for us, it's not long. We are, we are here. Yeah. All the riders are on the route. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are midway. That's long. Or, or not even. And they, they're, you know, they, they're facing the same elements yeah. and all that. That's a good point. Um, You're like, it's long for us, but it's doubly long for, for other people. So, yeah, I don't know, compared to other races, I think every race has its own challenges for sure. And I think to divide the length will be uh, one of the biggest challenges. And this year, all the, the bad weather. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think that's about, that's about it. Yeah. Um, especially for me, because it was my second time. You sort of know what's coming terrain-wise as well. So that I guess that makes a difference too. Um, what do you think Adrian where does this rank in your uh, in the races you've done yeah the, the length is different it's, it's longer and um, the, for the food it, it was easy yeah yeah that's a yeah. really nice thing yeah for one, the yeah. food it's easy um, for the water is easy at the beginning in Colorado too you can find some river or something And um, yeah, sometimes you are alone hours and hours. Yeah, yeah. I've been. But that's a good point for me. I like to be to be alone during races. Yeah, yeah. me too. Just being in your own little world and and do your own thing. It's. Uh, I like to like the the day and a half I've been riding with Josh together. That was really nice, and I joined it a lot. Um, but in the end, I just yeah also like to be alone and just do your own thing. It's it's easy to get like distracted from other people's there. If you're riding together, um, get distracted from their way of doing things, and it's easy just to stop more in moments you otherwise wouldn't. Or yeah, it seems like if you're racing, stuff. you want to stick to your own program and not have to worry about yeah, what anybody else is doing. It's just easier to stay in your own head and yeah. Um, but at some points, yeah, I guess it, it helps if, if there's someone somewhere around and you just uh, keep meeting each other back and forth. Uh, like I had with Seth Wood in uh, 2018, it was pretty cool. Just spend some time together every now and then. We were not riding right. together all yeah. the time. But just get to see somebody. Yeah, and then you by the, by the night falls, you meet each other again. It's like, oh, let's camp together and stuff like that. So that's that's nice. Um, but this time, yeah, I was riding alone other than the time with Josh. I think I, I've been riding alone the entire route, yeah. So, which is nice. I like the, the people on the route too, to meet yeah, some people to... This year it's... So you, know, you like to, like you like to be alone, but then like come into a town and yeah. like you get to see somebody, then you're alone again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one thing if you're racing, for example, in, in Morocco or places like that, no one even knows there's something going on but here it's like even compared with 2018 the the race is it's really living out here even people who would probably never rode a bike themselves in their entire life they're they know about it and and they come at you in in towns and they're following your dot and and they come and give you hugs and 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 yeah they, they there was a lot of support on 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 the track uh, this year which was really cool and it, yeah, it's it's uh, it gives you a a massive moral boost when when someone just comes at you and yeah says you're you're doing great and then 
just for you know chatting for a minute and then you're you're good to go again but um yeah, and I always feel a bit uh, like selfish when I you know people do the effort to come out and reach you and then and, and talk with you and but yeah at some point you want to get going again and a lot of people would, would like you can tell they would they would like to like stand there for for an hour talking with you but it's I, I guess they understand as well yeah uh, when you're really racing in let's say I don't know how many 10. of them understand I, some of them are going to understand and others won't have a clue and they'll stand there and talk yeah, to you probably all day they don't have a clue but they realize you want to get going again as well so yeah you got to do what you got to do. Sofian had a good idea. He put out a message uh, on the podcast we recorded yesterday. He said, um, if you want to talk to me, wait at the top of a very big hill. <laughs> He's like, I probably want to stop and talk for a minute. <laughs> He's like, if you stop uh, on a downhill, if you're like on a downhill, I'm just going to wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to, as a dot watcher, you got to be strategic. Yeah. You know, you got you to gotta bring your A game. Yeah, there was a, yeah, a lot of support, which is really cool when you say support you're talking about emotional support i mean yeah i mean just you know people who <laughs> just say, to clarify <laughs> yeah, yeah just people who say hi and uh yeah. that's about it a lot of people do offer food and then right yeah so many See, that's times what I, I mean like those dot not all those dot watchers really understand no what's going on they'll no, offer you food they'll bring it, a lot buy of you them don't really know the ethics about yeah. uh, the whole race and so yeah many times i had to say like yeah, if you're planning to stay here three, four more weeks uh, to like offer all the other races food and water right. as well, I can take it. But you know, it's uh, no, that you probably won't, right? So I was talking to Matthew Lee yesterday on the phone, and he said one of the issues is like even um, I don't want to give out any specific examples because I don't know the specifics, but he said that there are some um, like quote unquote resources on route, some trail angels that you know they'll be offering stuff at the beginning of race but then like the race is you know two three four weeks long and by that time the the you know the back of the pack is coming through and they're not offering those resources anymore whether it's like a place to stay or you know a cooler for a food and all that stuff and so there's even that that goes on not even just the dot watchers Mm. but i mean it's a long race you know yeah yeah and if you want to have like some food and drinks somewhere out in the middle of nowhere for four weeks long. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. You got to go back and restock yeah. with ice and food and all that stuff. But I never thought about that. But I guess that makes sense. Like they get tired and lose interest or something like that. So, yeah, there's a, another advantage for going fast, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you can expect some more of the the uh, amenities to be available to you. But this race is getting big. Y'all have raced a lot of other places. Is there any other race that uh, draws this much attention and interest? I mean, from my perspective as a dumb American, Tour Divide <laughs> is like the biggest race that has um, the most attention on it. I think um, like many other races that put a lot of effort into social media, uh, they go like uh, a long way in terms of attention, but yeah, Tour Divide is still like. Are the pork chops done? Like a worldwide known almost uh, race, you know, and then it's it's really alive. And I think uh, even even if there's like no social media team or, or stuff going on around this race, I think it's still yeah for sure one of the biggest uh, attention drawing races, yeah. 
Makes sense. It's the longest. The route, yeah. everybody along the route has had. And it's been there for so long right. as well. They right? know, you know, the community knows, people know, and, and they're all, you know, it's becoming a it's becoming a thing. I was really surprised. Like so many people that are following it and sending messages and, and stuff like that. Uh, I, I, yeah. Was it, was it much different than it was in 2018? Because that was just four years ago. So yeah. did you notice a difference? in the amount of, you know, maybe dot watchers or resources on route trail, trail angels? Uh, not in terms of trail angels and stuff like that. It was really similar. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot more people like, uh, yeah, like send me messages to, to support. And so, yeah, in, in, in terms of that, it was a bit different. Um, it's probably because I was just do, writing better, I guess, as well. Yeah, you were second instead of. I guess it's yeah, it makes a difference. Fifteen days instead of eighteen days, yeah. something like that. Yeah, you even see, I, I guess, know. how when you're when you're a loser, <laughs> when when you're not. Yeah, we're joking because Jeff Sharp here. I think everyone passed like fifth place as a loser, <laughs> no, which isn't a, true. No it's a joke. It's a joke. It's, yeah. it's a joke. We can laugh a little bit, right? <laughs> sure, sure. So, well, uh, Adrian, I think you already said you're coming back for sure. You yeah, said for sure. That, yeah. For sure. Uh, when do you think that you might want to take another stab at it? When? Yeah. I don't know. In two or three years, I don't know. Yeah. What did you learn anything? Well, obviously, you, did, you took notes, but what did you learn? Uh, do you know now some things you might do different the next time you do? Yeah, it? I can be lighter on my bike, take less stuff you don't need really a sleeping system i think for this race because whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you can sleep inside almost every night and um when you say inside you mean like utilizing pit in a, toilets in hotel, to, yeah yeah hotel, or a hotel. toilet shelter yeah you can find found some nice shelter uh, like the uh, at the top of the union pass there is an it's, it's like an hotel it's, it's a winter shelter with uh, with with wood inside, with bed, with everything. Yeah, I don't think I would be willing to take the risk myself. Yeah, that sounds because I mean like, you have inclement weather, you could get stranded. Just, just in case of, uh, I'm maybe more or maybe too much a kind of guy, which uh, it's like more like better safe than sorry way of racing. Mm. And and yeah this time i even took a like a really lightweight tent and everything and it's i was really happy at some points that i had it with me because like for example if you get into this mud in the middle of the night and there's no way of getting out of there it's just nice to have a place to stay in and like having no sleeping gear for me personally it would be like making things a lot harder which also results in, in like you know, a different mental state at some point, which makes you slower. So, and that probably doesn't weigh in and against the fact that you just have like, you know, like a, a nice BV or a tent with you. It's, yeah, it's a, a different, everyone has his own like strategy and, and some, some people probably are just mentally in this part stronger than I am, or I could, I couldn't do it without a sleeping system. I personally, I, I don't think that would be a, a good <laughs> idea, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's if if you're like kind of lucky, indeed, you can always find a place, and there's indeed like a lot of hotels and and or shelters or like toilet pits where you can stay in, and um, so there's there's definitely options. Um, 
Yeah, what what do you think about like about not having like a backup? Like, what would you do if shit went bad and you don't have a tent or a sleep system? Just I never took a tent during races, even during the, the Silk Road Mountain Race. Never. No. So this is normal for you. Yeah, to not have a tent. Yeah. So what do you do when shit gets bad? Just keep riding. Yeah, yeah. I prefer to ride in the in the snow or in the rain than to sleep in the rain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. That's that's always a better thing to keep keep moving because. Otherwise, I mean, all your stuff gets wet anyway, and it's it makes you lose a lot of time. Yeah, did you see? I was energy all, as well. But. I was almost without uh, rain jacket, and so uh, <laughs> I rode in the rain. I was totally wet. You're a tough man. <laughs> What's, all right, Adrian. What is the hardest part of endurance racing for you? It's not the weather. It's not going forever without stopping. It's not losing all your gear and having to fix it at the last minute and <laughs> mentally stay in it. I mean, you scratched and then you got back in. I mean, what what part of this is hard for you? One, <laughs> one of the, the easiest part is the cycling part because it's you ride at your own pace, so it's not hard, I think. Yeah. And um, Yeah, indeed, I think the cycling part is the easiest. Yeah, it's... it's the other part is i don't know um fatigue like sleep fighting the sleep demons yeah the sleeping part i think yeah to find a good balance between between sleeping and cycling yeah the less you you sleep the the slower you you are i think yeah yeah it's, it's, it's finding a balance between getting enough sleep to recover enough to have enough power the next day <laughs> So how do how do both of y'all think that you managed your your sleep schedule? Because obviously you sleep too much, you're falling behind. But if you don't sleep enough, you don't have the energy to keep pushing. So how did y'all manage that this year? Yeah, it's a fine line. Uh, yeah, for me from the beginning, I was I was like, yeah, I'm gonna sleep four hours a night and just write faster. Um, and I think most of the nights, that's what I actually did. Like a bit more towards the end, I I was still feeling pretty good. And, and I started, I had a few nights where I only slept like two, three hours. Um, but other than that, yeah, it felt good to like have some, have a good amount of sleep. Because um, for myself, it just makes you... A more happy man the next day you know your your headspace is uh is it's just more fun and i enjoy it a lot more to have the feeling that you're you're recovered a little better and you're just riding a little faster than being uh on a bike uh like a, like a zombie in my case if i would only sleep as much as like sophia and us <laughs> i couldn't do that um I mean, I could in a shorter race, but not this long. Yeah. Uh, that would be, that would really tear me up. <laughs> so, yeah, and I guess everyone is different in in this perspective. And uh, um, so you manage yours pretty well this year. Yeah, it's it's really hard, uh, like easy to get, um, like uh, get into the race too much and start sleeping less because you want to because yeah when you're tired it's it's easy to start thinking that oh i gotta sleep less because then i'm gonna get closer to the guy in front of me but it's usually it works the way around you know it's a long race and you have to 
like stay mentally in a, in a good mood and um, that's gonna bring you a lot further than sleeping less and feeling feeling better the entire day so yeah for me it's the way I did it was was actually yeah really good it's just yeah perfect actually yeah all right Adrian how about you uh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> he was sleeping yeah yeah a little bit yeah that's funny we're almost done uh so the, <laughs> the question was how did you manage your sleep through the through the race like that balance ah, I, of, slept, I slept a lot you did I slept uh three four hours each night i think every single night no yeah. you skipped one night right when you passed uh, uh yeah after the, the you the, went 36 hours i think yeah, uh, after the peanut butter, yeah. Yeah, to yeah, make no, up yeah, for that. No, it was different. Uh, I tried to sleep a bit um, near this, this dam, and um, um, the police catch me in the toilet, <laughs> and I had to move. And oh, really? I, yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. It, it was not the police, it was the, like the park security guard. Oh. oh, security guard. Okay. Yeah, I put everything to dry in this, uh, because I was full of mud <laughs> in this toilet. And uh, um, I had to move, and I moved on the other side of the, um, of the lake. And I slept outside uh, under um, a table. It's rained that night. Oh, and was I, it uh, in one of these uh, recreation areas? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I slept only one hour. No, I slept a um, I slept a lot, like sometimes four hours in motel. It was so nice the day after. Yeah, so yeah. you feel good and it's it it makes you happier. <laughs> yeah. The day after and it's it's really important to sleep is important. Yeah. We didn't ask we forgot to get your answer on if you're coming back to the Tour Divide. Uh yeah, I don't think so. There's just so much other races I would like to do. Um and I toured this one, this race one, this route once, and I raced it now twice. So, yeah, for now, I don't know. I'm, I'm really happy that I came in second. So I don't have the feeling like there's unfinished business. Right. Of course, winning it would have been even better. But um, I never came here really to win, or it was just like I wanted to push myself as as hard as I could, and and just. Yeah, uh, do as good as I possibly could, and that's what I did. So I'm, 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 yeah, really happy man this way. So you never know, I guess. Maybe, uh, maybe later in the future. But yeah, for now, I, I don't have the feeling I'll, I will be yeah. back really soon. There's a lot of events, lot, a lot of places to see and go ride your bike. And exactly. If yeah. you have a good result here and you're happy, yeah, no unfinished business. Yep. Adrian's got some unfinished business. Yeah. It was only his first year, though, so you know. <laughs> every you 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 had this is your third time here. Yeah, this is Sofian's fourth time, I believe, right? Fourth, including yeah. your touring. Yeah, and it's just your first, so we got time. Sofian, did you confirm that uh, this is the first year that we've had three? It was the podium was all Europeans. Yeah, I did some research, and it appears that it's the first the first time ever that we have a, a hundred percent European podium on the Tour Divide. Hell yeah! Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Europe taking over, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can do to stop us. Well, I don't know. Y'all keep coming over here, and you're like, Sofian's done. You're not coming back. Uh, Manu's done. Adrian's gonna have to carry the mantle for Europe next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. 
Maybe next yeah. year we'll have uh, well, Neil. in two or three years. Yeah, <laughs> oh, two, yeah, yeah. yeah. Usually two or three years. that's what happens when you right. finish yeah. Tour de Valle. You're like, I might come back, but not right away. <laughs> <laughs> so are we all happy here with our finishes? Sofian, you got first. You don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to do it, and I won't do it anymore. You might. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to, but you never know. Yeah. You know? Like, what what can I uh, achieve now, you know? Yeah. What, what's left? Like, there's this record still. Did you uh, update your profile? I, I need to do it. Didn't do it yet. <laughs> yeah. Y'all got to go check out Sofian's uh, Instagram profile. It's going to be rather tidy. A lot of gold medals on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. I like winning. All right. So what's next for everybody? Uh, this is a good question, especially whenever we get to Adrian. <laughs> what's next for you? Once we get all y'all home, which is just a logistical, funny mess. On yeah. We talked about it early on the podcast about... You know, no one and talks it, about yeah. this part of the. This is this is the worst part of Tour Divine, man. Right. This is getting from that border to wherever you live. Yes. Uh, for me, and I need you to have f- no resources here other than Jeff. Yeah, that's it. Jeff <laughs> is pretty much the only guy we know here, <laughs> because that's pretty much the only guy here. He There's is. 40, like probably like thirty or forty people living in a cheetah. So yeah. And out of those forty people, thirty-nine absolutely do not care about Tour de Vite. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, think- I mean, for me, what's next? Uh, trying to get to Los Angeles, then flying home to Paris. Kiss my girlfriend and uh, keep sleeping and eating a lot. And uh, and in about 40 days, uh, lining up for the uh, circle mountain race. Feeling good about it? Stoked, man. Yeah. Uh, it, this is this is one of the most incredible experience that you can have on a bike. Racing the Silk Road mountain race is like something else. Why? Man, it's like, I mean, I think we were talking about this in the, in the car yesterday uh, or I don't, I don't know. I'm confusing the days because I'm sleeping uh, probably 16 hours every day. So <laughs> maybe it was a couple of days ago. Uh, I mean, Tour de Vite is 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 uh, is a nice experience, but it's like you're traveling, but you're not. Tra- I mean, in terms of uh, the place where you are, it's not as foreign as as Central Asia. You know, when you're in the United States, you have you have reference, you know, you've seen what, whatever you see, you've seen it in the movies, you've seen it on TV, you read about it. Uh, it's, it's somewhat familiar, you know, when you're in Central Asia, when you're in Kyrgyzstan, everything is just like completely different, completely foreign. And you're like, and you really have this. Yeah. And you have, you really have this feeling of traveling like so far in the, in the place that is so unfamiliar and being so lost. And this is what I love actually about traveling. What I love about traveling is not knowing what's, what's happening, having like no reference and just trying to find a way to make things work. And, 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 and just, yeah, feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a, a whole different world. Like, yeah. Silk Road is just a whole nother world. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. And the then culture Silk Road is like language. Then in terms of, of just scenery and beauty, yeah, uh, it's it's almost impossible to do better. I mean, Tour Vida has some really, really nice scenery, but there's also some parts that are just average and you have to go through them. It's, it's I mean, I guess it's pretty much impossible to have like a 2,500 miles. Yeah of just breathtaking scenery right 
Uh, and, there's going to be some shitty parts. There's going to be some bad go, roads. You there's have gonna, to go through yeah. some shitty parts, yeah. like the basin and stuff like that. <laughs> and, and the heart soul to Salida. I think many you, you you like that too. Huh? Yeah, yeah. But it's like when you're in Kyrgyzstan and you're racing the Silk Road, it's super hard, like super hard. But I remember that this one time I just like couldn't do it anymore. I had to sit down and stop cycling but it was not even hard because I just sat down. I was I was sitting down this bridge and I was just looking around me and it was like, wow, wow. Just, yeah, <laughs> I was like, sure, sure. I'm I'm doing not even 10 miles an hour today, like probably, I don't know, eight or seven miles an hour. But the fact that I get to spend the entire day in this, in these mountains in this scenery i'm just i feel so privileged yeah all right manu what's next for you you're switching to dad and support yeah. support team i'll uh get back to work like a day after i'm uh getting back in belgium so uh i think um yeah this was my main goal for the year and um i'm not sure yet uh uh, I think some some smaller events, more like local and that don't require plane flights and um, and stuff like that. So yeah, I'll definitely do some uh, like shorter, short and hard uh, races, I guess. Um, but I really still have to like figure it out what and when. So. For now, there's actually no plan yet. <laughs> How so, you've been planning and preparing for this for? Did you say 18 months? The Tour Divide. Um. Yeah, it's been on my mind since then, but like really specific, uh, like preparing. Yeah, it wouldn't be that long. I mean, like maybe a year or so. A year. year. A year. That's yeah. a long yeah. time. Yeah. It's a long time. I mean, it just it it builds up gradually. You know, it's uh. From the idea like oh I'm I'm gonna race again until until like the this day of start it's uh, yeah I mean sometimes you're you're just you know doing your thing and you're just training but it's only like really the last three months before the start that you're actually like starting to dig in deeper in in like the whole race and and route and and stuff like that. Not that I actually had a lot of time to do this, but, you know, just as much as I could, I, I tried to. But actually, like, for example, getting to spend some time on, on the route and resupplies and all that. Uh, it's it's really like only the last week before the race, actually, I had time for that. So, and I mean, if also because I'd done it once, twice before and on this race, there's there's just so much information available that it gets almost really easy. So, I mean, you could do this race like Adrian, you could, you could do it without any idea of what's going on or resupplies if it's just a matter of taking enough and um, then you will manage to do fine. So, yeah. Um, so your wife is doing Atlas. When does Atlas take place? I don't know. Uh, I think it's beginning of October, right? Okay, uh, we got time. Sofian will know. But, um, yeah, the two. Huh? Two of October, or no? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. One or two. The first so, weekend. 
Okay. Yeah. June. So we got July, August, September. So basically three months. Yeah. So she she'll be your wife is gonna be. Yeah, I'll be getting home and she will start like training hard again. Really hard. (laughs) That's like perfect timing almost the way that worked out. Did y'all plan that? Yeah, she'd have that. No, no, not really. Just the way it works out. Yeah. 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 uh, That's exciting. How do you think she'll do? Predictions. Well, I I don't know. For now, she uh, she got uh, registered as a duo with a girlfriend of hers. but she just got surgery, so it will all depends a little bit on, on how, how that works out. Um, if not, I think she might still go solo. I don't know. Um, I think she will do pretty good. Uh, like when I was uh, talking with her a few days ago on the phone, she was like, oh, when I hear you, I, I think I should put, push harder as well. Yeah. <laughs> she just uh, like uh, two months ago, she did uh, Italy Divide and... and yeah, for her, it's, it was like her first uh, bigger event. Um, and yeah, I'm sure she can do better, but it's it's not a, mat- a, question, a matter of like pushing yourself in this kind of races super hard from the beginning. It's, I think it's better to just build it up and stay comfortable in, 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 in the zone you're in at that moment. And every event you do, you will get faster or you will be able to push yourself a little harder so yeah i think it's better to do it that way than just push yourself like as like all the way and then not enjoying a single minute as well you know so, yeah that's good advice every race is going to be different yeah you're going to feel different you got to just live in the moment and do the best you can but the real, uh, the real question is will she be faster than adrian's girlfriend Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the girlfriends <laughs> are going toe to toe. the girlfriend. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, good, you good segue. I, mean? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think she will do good. She's she's pretty tough, and and it's, she just doesn't have a lot of experience yet in in racing. Although she has a lot of experience in just being out there adventuring. So and that's that's also like a big part. Of, of this of, of races like that especially in in Morocco where you're like in a completely different world than for example coming over here in the US and race here um, so yeah I'm, I'm really excited about that Heck yeah. yeah and it's gonna be like not too much sleeping and watching the daughter <laughs> a lot of the time <laughs> yeah the roles will be reversed and you'll be sleep deprived for a different reason yeah 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 oh, I would love to go back there as well it's it's a really nice one all right adrian so you're uh you're going home to switzerland you got your job you got your house and everything's waiting for you there no i i quit my job i quit my my flat so now now i'm i'm homeless but um my bike and all my stuff are already in a box somewhere so i have to race another long race (laughs) wait you gotta race where i don't know maybe the the french divide in august yeah we should have mentioned that we did. They did find your bike. You have all your gear yeah. somewhere. They, they find my bike. Um, the, I think the day three or four of the, the the race. So I don't know where is my bike now. Maybe in Switzerland. Maybe in Vancouver. I don't know. But they found my bike. Yeah. 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 That's a relief. So you don't have a house. You don't have a job. You don't have a plan. But you got a bike. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have to no. <laughs> so what what's your plan now? Like uh first things first, like book a plane ticket? Yeah, to 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 get out of this city 
and to find a, a plane to, to come back to Switzerland or, or France or Paris, I don't know. And um, Come with me. In LA, why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah why not? And, um, and after that, yeah, the, the French divide and my second main race of the, the year is the, the Rhino Run in, in South Africa and Namibia in October. Okay, so you and Sofiane are both doing that one? Yeah. Cool. Nice. And that's a new event this yeah. first year for that one, the Rhino Run. Yeah. That's going to be awesome, man. I yeah. can't wait to. Yeah, with a lot of rider and um, road racer, too. It's going to be interesting to, to do to watch this one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got another finisher. <laughs> yeah, Ben's there. Oh, is that your buddy, Ben? Yeah, buddy. Hey. <laughs> oh, uh, champion. You got pizza? Good job, man. Good job. Good to see you, man. Danny, you killed it, brother. Yeah. You. I think. All right, Adrian. So you're going back to nothing, and you're gonna do some races. What about uh, what about your girlfriend? So your girlfriend is also doing Atlas. Yeah, she. Maybe we plan to to race the Atlas in pair, but we don't know yet. Maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. Okay. Yeah. So it's if you idea. race it as a pair, you just have to finish together. That's the only like you're you can you can help each other. Yeah, you're together, and you got to finish together. That's that's the deal. Yeah, that's yeah. the rule. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I should get in pair with my girlfriend and race uh, as a couple together. Who's gonna watch <laughs> the kids? Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's kind of long to find a babysit, right? Uh, no, nah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> it would be nice though. Well, let's uh, wrap it up because we got some new riders here and we were pretty much done anyway. But um, congratulations to both of y'all. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah. It's yeah, been thanks. an honor, man. Thanks it's for picking me up at the border. It was like really nice. Yeah, You're me welcome. too. I still don't know how you knew it was me because he, like, I'm just, I mean, he doesn't fucking know me. I don't think so. We've well, never met before. No, I mean, and uh, I'm like taking pictures and like from kind of far away, he's like, Patrick, like, how the fuck do you know? <laughs> How do you yeah, know? Because yeah, Jeffrey just told me, and uh, I heard from my girlfriend that you said in in some yeah. podcast episode that uh, you were thinking about like coming over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've been so, teasing a little bit. Uh, I just didn't know if it would work out with the schedule, you know, to to make it because you never know when people are gonna finish. Yeah, and yeah. I got kids too, but. Uh, it almost felt like I knew you because I, I just got into your podcast uh, actually along this race and uh, I, I was uh, listening to a lot of episodes and so yeah I was like yeah you know there's there's someone at the finish line you know and it's I, I knew it was you so it was, was really fun. cool yeah it's cool Thanks that people that. are out on the uh, tour divide like listening to my podcast. And now you get to be honest. So next time, next time, maybe you listen. Listen. Will you listen to your own podcast? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? All uh, good. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm really good. Uh, happy man. Happy man. Yep. Adrian, you a happy man? Yeah. <laughs> really pleased with your performance? Yeah, yeah. I'm happy with this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Going from maybe not riding at all to coming in third yeah. on borrowed and stolen gear. <laughs> Mostly just borrowed and bought, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty epic. All right, gentlemen, congrats. It's been an honor to, uh, I mean, it's crazy. We have one, two, and three, and I don't even know who else we have here, but it's a great honor to be here. And this is like, it's been a dream for me to do this for years to come and, and hang out and meet nice. racers and, and get a chance to talk to you. So might have to do this again. 
Glad uh, we were a part of it. Yeah, it was awesome. Spent a few days together. Next time I, I'll come over to uh, Europe and we'll do another podcast over there. I'm tired of doing them in America. <laughs> gotta get to stretch my bike legs. Yeah, come and ride in Europe and do a bikepacking trip and yeah. do some podcasts. There's that's what that's for what sure needs to happen. All right, boys. Things. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's eat some food. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thanks again to Manu and Adrian for coming on the episode. Hope you guys are getting settled back down there in Europe. I see that Adrian has already done some kind of race. It's another one I've never heard of, but uh, he got back into town and hopped right back on his bike, which I guess shouldn't be surprising for these guys. Next week, we're going to have Nick Marzano back on the podcast. You'll remember he was just on on episode 119. We caught up to him while he was halfway through this year's Tour Divide. And we decided it would be great, obviously, to have him back on the podcast and get the conclusion because he did finish. But we're going to leave that story for next week's episode. And remember, if you want access to that extra hour of bonus content from Sofian Sahili, just minutes after winning the Tour Divide, that episode is available to patrons. If you're not a patron, you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. You can get access to that, a lot more benefits, but most of all, you'll be supporting your favorite bikepacking podcast. Find out more over at patreon.com forward slash bikes or death. All right, everybody, thank you so much for being here. It means the world. Now go ride your damn bike. It was the middle of the night. You grabbed your knife and you held it tight. The sounds of beasts kept you awake. The sounds they made kept you afraid. In the morning, you packed your bike. Memories forgotten from the previous night. Or merely folklore Fear turned into strength As you pushed further Every pedal stroke Stronger and firmer Your bike feels weightless Your legs aren't tired You think to yourself Just a few more miles Bikes Oh, death Bikes